0: Jose, welcome to today's Mishnah Yomi. We find ourselves in Mesechas Peah, Parak David, Mishnah Yis Ches fourth chapter of Mesechas Peah, Mishnah eight and nine. So Mishnah Ches says as follows: Kiyotsebo. So continuing on the theme from yesterday's. Uh, Mishnaya, so we learned about the interesting idea about what happens if a person consecrates their grain, what's the impact, what's the implication of that for payah as well as for other tithes and charitable obligations. So we saw that everything really depends on at what point in time a person is consecrating their grain. So along similar lines, the mission says kyotzebo. Similarly, Hamakhtish Perosab Achilo bao la onas So here's the interesting case. So we know that again that peros, fruit, are also subject to trumos and tomaices to various tithes. Now the halok is that produce generally only becomes subject to tithes when it's what we call nigmar malachton. Ultimately again they are finished. They're they're already product. They're ready product. So we saw for example by grain by grain. Grain is considered to be finished, ultimately, again, when it's piled. So obviously, every, every type of produce has its own, has its own stage at which point it's finished. But the point over here is as follows. A person went ahead and consecrated his produce, before they became subject to any tithing obligations. So before the fruit was quote unquote complete, Right, so and again, we could just use the Bartonure just uses wheat as just a good example of this, right? Because wheat we've already been we've already been talking about. So for wheat, the finishing, the finishing touch or the finishing process is the piling. So let's say you go ahead and you consecrate your wheat before it became subject to Trumas and Maestris. So now again it belongs to the base amikdush. Upadon. And then I redeem it. From the base amikdash. Now, interestingly enough, in this case, the base amikdash didn't do anything to the produce. So the produce is pretty much in the same state when I redeem it then, as when I first consecrated it. So now, after I redeem it, now I finish the produce. Upedan. Ultimately, again, now it becomes chayiv. Ultimately, in Shumas and ma'isras, because remember, again, once again, the the finishing step of the produce is done or is accomplished when it is owned by an individual, and therefore subject to Shumas and ma'isras. Remember, the underlying theme over here is that anything owned to the base hamikdash by the base hamikdash essentially is tax exempt. So no payah, leket, shechacha, no Shumas and ma'isras. Mishabala onas hamaisras. However. If, however, halacha lamaisa again, I went ahead, I went ahead, and, let's say, so in this case, I had produce. The produce was finished. The grain was piled. I didn't do anything. I didn't separate any tithes. But I was shit, I consecrated it. And then I subsequently redeemed it from the Beis HaMikdash, chayovin, Ultimately, again, the produce will be subject to leket, shechecha, Peya as well as shumas and meisers. Once again, because in this situation, it reached the finished stage while being owned by me, by an individual. achlo nigmuru. So here is the case. Let's say I go ahead. And I makdish, I consecrate the produce before it was quote unquote finished, right? Before it reached the final stage. And then what happens? Now I makdish, and the gizbar, who's the temple treasurer, goes ahead and, you know, finishes the, 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 the production of the fruit. In other words, he piles the grain so that the produce became finished while owned by the Beis hamikdash, and then after the Beis hamikdash conducted the finishing stages of the produce, I go ahead and redeem it. Peturin, ultimately again it is potter. Shevishas and Hayu Peturin. Because again, this is the same theme as the previous Mishnah, that essentially status regarding, now this is Trumas and Meisros, but status regarding Truma and are different tithes, Leket, Shekhecha and Peah, is all determined by what we call Shas Gimarasan. That again, they again, we call Nigmara Malachtam. At the time when the fruit or the produce is considered to be finished. So at the final stage, when the fruit is finished, when the produce is finished, if it's owned by an individual, it will be subject to all of these various tithes and obligations. If however it is owned by the base or owned by the base at this time, then it is exempt. Beautiful. Mishnah ani. Very interesting case. Let's say a guy goes over to the peah, goes over to the standing wheat in the corner of the field, and he acquires it on behalf of his friend, right? I go over to the field and I acquire it on behalf of my friend, Ruvain, who is a pauper. Now, the bartender defines over here and he explains what we're talking about over here is as follows. We'll call him, actually, let's make it easy. We'll call him Ruvain. Ruvain goes over to the standing grain in the corner of the field, what we know as Peya. Ruvain himself is a rich man. He makes a good living. He goes over to the payah and he wants to acquire it on behalf of his friend Shimon. Shimon is a pauper. Shimon is a pauper. So Reuven, again, rich man, wants to acquire the payah on behalf of Shimon the pauper. Does this work? Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Zocholo, So interestingly enough, Rabbi Eliezer says it works. It works. Ruvain could acquire the payoff on behalf of Shimon. The Chacham say it does not work. It does not work because at the end, and therefore, again, he must give away that pail to the first pauper he encounters. The Bartanur explains something very interesting. What's happening here is as follows. Rabbi Elias just says it works. Why? Because Halacha Lameisa, technically speaking, a person could instantaneously impoverish themselves. How? If I take all of my possessions and I say all of my possessions are hefker, are ownerless, at this point in time I technically own nothing anymore and therefore again I am poor. Once I am poor I am permitted to go ahead and take pay. So really Eliezer says since if Reuven wanted to undergo instantaneous impoverishment and want to go ahead and be mafkir, make all of his possessions ownerless, He himself would be able to go ahead and acquire the payah. Once, because he's now poor, once he's able to acquire the payah on behalf of himself, he's able to acquire the payah on behalf of Shimon as well. And the Chachalim say, no, we don't say that. (laughs) We don't, without getting into all the technicalities, the Rabbanan say we don't make two migos, which is a halakhic construct, which you don't have to get into. But the Chachamim say, essentially, we look at what you are right now. And since what you are right now is a rich man, you don't have the ability to acquire the peah. And technically speaking, you can never acquire something on behalf of someone else that you yourself don't have the ability to acquire. So therefore, again, the Chachamim will say, since Reuven right now is rich... And a rich man doesn't have a right, doesn't have an entitlement to payah, therefore he can't acquire it on behalf of someone else who is poor as well. Incredible. So that, that's the, that's the fundamental bach locus. So this is another very interesting case. So the leket, shichacha, and payah of an akum. So let's understand what we're talking about over here. We're talking about now a situation where a non-Jew separated Separated out, separated out, leket shichachah and peah. Now remember, a non-Jew is not obligated in leket shichachah and peah. So let's talk about for a Jew for just a moment. We saw this a couple of years ago when a Jew separates out leket shichachah and peah. So remember again, leket means the stalk you drop; you don't go back and get it. You leave it for the poor. Shichachah, you're you're bundling your wheat; you left behind the bundle. Leave it for the poor. And peah, leaving on the corner of your field all of these charitable obligations, one is not obligated to separate out shumos and maestros from it. Right? Because again, since, since essentially it's for the poor, you're not obligated to tithe that. And neither are the poor obligated to tithe it. However, if a non-Jew goes ahead and separates out leket, shekhecha, and Paya, he decides to do this. Now, it's not real leket, shekhecha, and payah. Why not? Because halacha la-maisa, a non-Jew is not obligated in it. Therefore, again, when a Jew acquires this produce, this produce is not tax-exempt, and therefore, again, you have to separate out meiser. Now, unless, of course, unless, of course, the non-Jew makes it half the non-Jew makes it ownerless, there's a general halacha that ownerless property is not subject to trumas and meiserous. So if the non-Jew, his kavan is to separate out, like a tshechacha and and a Jew then acquires this, so that is subject to the tithing obligations of trumas and meiserous. But if the Nanju made it hefker, he made it ownerless. Then it's like any other ownerless property, where halacha it is exempt from trumos and maizras. I'll just mention these something interesting. With this, we'll conclude. Um, the Rambam paskins in the first case in the Mishnah, because this is quite interesting about a rich man being able to acquire the grain on behalf of a poor man. So the Rambam writes as follows. The Rambam says, So the Rambam writes as follows. The Rambam says, If Reuben goes into the field and he acquires pay on behalf of Shimon, does it work? So the Rambam says, It depends if Reuven himself is poor, then he could acquire it on behalf of Shimon who is poor. And the logic being, since Reuven as a poor man could acquire it for himself, since he could acquire it for himself, he could acquire it for the other as well. However, the Rambam writes, if Reuven was a rich man, if Reuven was a rich man, since he could not acquire the pay off on, on for himself because he's rich, therefore he cannot acquire it on behalf of the poor person as well. So therefore, again, it turns out that the Rambam paskings like the Chachamim in the Mishnah. Shkayich everyone. We will stop here for today. Meretz Hashem. Tomorrow we will pick up with Mishnayis Yud and Yud Aleph. Wishing everyone a wonderful day.